Good to have you here today. I'm uh, sharing this series we started last week. If you weren't here, I really want to encourage you to go ahead and listen to it online. Uh, It's called First. For those who weren't here last and just maybe you didn't get the memo, didn't hear the news, uh, we're not making this a big deal here right here this morning, but uh, God has given us a new assignment Uh, Not January, but June 12th is going to be our last uh, uh, service here officially as the senior pastors of Calvary. Uh, But God has big plans here for Calvary Church. And uh, we want you to listen to last week's service and to hear everything that God was speaking. So, But uh, I'm sharing on this message and this series called First is because uh, these are words that I want to share with you before I leave. These are, uh, these are something I've been praying about for a long time. And so I would encourage you uh, over these next few weeks, uh, if you plan to be out on the boat, you plan to go do other things, I would encourage you to be here because God has something I believe that he wants to speak into your life. I want you to see here, I hope you have your notes, but Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. Wait till you see this verse. It says, in everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. I think everybody here uh, that is in this room uh, would like to live a life that's filled and marked by success. The Bible declares that if we will put God first in our lives, in fact, in every area of our life, not first on Sundays, not first for this hour and a half that we're here together, but in all of our life, uh, from this point forward, God says he will not only give you success, but God will direct you. The one who knows the beginning from the end will be the one that will direct your steps. So God says, I want you to be successful. I do want to direct you, but there's a condition for that to happen. I must be first in your lives. Uh, there was a story of, uh, of a couple of men who were hunters, and there was uh, some wolves that, that were just up in Alaska, were just uh, were thinning the herds out, and there was a bounty put up for wolves that for every wolf that was killed, they would receive $5,000. And uh, so these guys were really excited, and they went deep into the woods, and uh, they were excited at their prospects of maybe making a lot of money. And so they set up camp, and they had a fire going, and uh, it was the middle of the night. One of them woke up, and he looked out, and there, out of his tent, he saw a pack of wolves that surrounded their, their, tent, their tent, and they were growling and hissing and drooling. And, and, and I mean, that was the next meal for the wolves. And, and the guy's looking there at him, and he, and he shakes his partner. He says, he says, Hal, guess what? We're rich. And, uh, and, uh, and, and what I want to share with you here this morning your perspective will determine what you see. We are at, at times in life surrounded by the wolves licking their chops, wanting to eat us up. The question is, what do we do when we're surrounded? 
It just depends what you see. For many people, when they see danger, when they see the wolves of life, they worry, they lose sleep, they become frustrated because it's up to them if they're going to be able to deal with the wolves. And a lot of times we really don't feel confident to be able to defeat the wolves of life. But here this guy, he saw an opportunity in the midst of danger and because of perspective. Now, I want to ask a question here this morning. I want to get out of the gate. Here it is. What would God, what does the Bible have us to do? What, when we're faced with the wolves of life, what do we do first? How do we, how do we look at the wolves? How do we look at the dangerous situations, the things that would consume us in life? What is the thing that we really should do first? Say this with me. Pray first. Okay? Say this again. Pray first. Okay? Now, I believe that prayer is the most misunderstood, underutilized, and misappropriated tool in the Christian life. Most Christians pray very little, and they pray last. After they, after, when they're facing a situation, and, and, and they've tried everything else, and, and really nothing else is working, they talk to people, they're trying to figure out in their own mind, then they kind of, well, maybe I should just go ahead and pray. But God says, before you throw in the towel, throw up some prayers towards me. Now, what is prayer? I want you to take some notes. I hope you will to, to write these down and kind of just ponder these. Prayer, as Ray Stedman, pastor, said this. He says, prayer is simply conversation with God. It's a very misunderstood term, but, but when you really boil it down it really is basically having a conversation with God. Prayer is our link to God. Prayer is how we relate with God. And I want, you, I want to ask, and I, I'm speaking to brothers and sisters, that I know many of you who really have a deep relationship with God. If I was to ask you this question, uh, what is the most important purpose of prayer? I want you to go ahead and write that down right now. Just take a, what, if you think about prayer, what is the most important purpose of prayer? I want you to think about that for a moment. There was a survey done, and it was exactly that question. What is the most important purpose of prayer? And 38% of Christians said this, the most important purpose of prayer is getting close to God. Okay. Now, I personally wish it was 100%. Prayer is about linking up to God and having a relationship and communicating with God and letting God communicate with us. What is prayer? I love what Tony Evans, speaker and author and pastor said this. He says, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly influence. Prayer invites heaven into history. Eternity into time and God-touching man. Prayer is the mechanism that he has established that brings the realms of the physical and the spiritual together. So, as I said uh, before, uh, when it comes to Christians, pr Christians pray very little and a lot of times very last. Uh, survey done, a major survey was done by, t by George Barna interviewing uh, Christians and talked to them about their prayer life and, uh, and, and asked them the duration, how much do you generally talk to God during the day? 
about one minute a day for the average Christian. Pastors uh, was, that were being interviewed were spending five minutes a day. Now, I, I just ask you, how many think that's a, that's a good statistic? No, it, it really isn't. The question is, why is that happening? I want to kind of drill down into that subject. One, I believe we really don't believe that prayer works, although we've been taught to say that prayer really works, but we really don't believe it. We're scared not to say it doesn't work, but if we really believed it really works, that prayer works, okay, we would be praying first and we would be praying a lot. Let me give you the proof. When nothing else is working, when nothing else is working, what do we do last? What do, what do people do last at, at the very end? Well, I've tried everything else. I might as well go ahead and try to pray and see if God will do something about this situation. Prayer, remember, is earthly permission for heavenly interference. So what does the word say? What, is, what does this Bible say? God's word say that we should do first when we're faced with the wolves, when we need direction for our life, when we're making important decisions. What should we be doing first? What do we do when all of a sudden something's happened and, and we're befuddled? We, we don't, what, what happened? To, you know, I don't understand this. What should we be doing first? Proverbs 3, 6. I want to read to you four scriptures. I want to kind of build a case of theology about praying first. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. So what, I, I want you to underline that word. If you have it in your Bible right there, I want you to underline that word all. In all that you do, seek his will. For those who are maybe new Christians or maybe you're just not a Christian yet, you've been thinking about becoming a follower of God, I want to encourage you to pursue God's plan for your life. God has a will or a plan for your life. And, uh, and I remember it was probably a couple months after I became a Christian, a follower of Christ. I recognized that God had a very specific plan for my life. Uh, vocationally, I believed that he had a plan for me, who I would marry. Uh, uh, just a, a myriad of issues that God wanted to go ahead and give direction to me. And so when I got wind of that, when, I, when that revelation came to me, I really, I mean, uh, I began to pray a lot. God, what would you have me to do? Uh, another translation puts it this way. Always let him lead you. And he will clear the road for you to follow. So always, okay, always could mean first, let him lead you and he will clear the road for you. Ephesians 6, 18. We heard about this a couple of weeks when Pastor Otis, when he was talking about prayer and the armor of God, the Bible said, pray in the spirit at all times, okay? Underline that word, at all times, with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything that you need. So the Bible is saying that we're to be praying at all times. Every opportunity that we can pray, especially when we're dealing with the wolves, when we, we need direction, we need God's help and, and his leadership. He says, pray in the spirit of all times. And then to one of my favorite chapters, in fact, of all the Bible, Philippians chapter four, verse six, the Bible says, never worry about anything. 
But in every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. I love this. But in every situation, let God know what you need. I want to ask you a question. When you have needs, when you have situations that are going on, are you including God in the picture? Are you talking to God? You say, well, I can't, you know, I have to get along with God. No, I mean, God gives us permission to pray on the run. I, I, I pray that's, that's not what our life is defined, just praying on the run. I pray that we have relationship. We make time for God. Let him speak to us and we speak to him. But we're to be praying in every situation. Hey, God, this is going on. Lord, I can't figure this out. Guys, men in here, I mean, you, you need strength. You need wisdom. You're trying to figure out what to do with your company. Let God get involved in the, in the situation. I promise you, if you will make him first in your life, God will give you the, the vision. He will give you the wisdom and the direction and the path that you would take. Now, here's what happens. When, when we begin to, to pray in every situation, what's the result of that? Look at here in verse 7. Verse 7 says this, when, when, he says, when we pray, it says, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I hear people say, well, pastor, I prayed about it, but I'm still kind of anxious on the inside. The result is what I call, when you go back to verse 6, I call it the praying through verse. When you really, as, as, as Brother Blaine was, just, uh, was giving us a word of encouragement from God, God Lord, this is really weighing me down, God. I, I, I'm stressed over this, God. I, I'm freaking out, Lord. Help me out, God. I give this to you. And, and when we, we just, we, Lord, I, I trust in you. And we spend time in his presence. There is a trade-off. Lord, I just release this to you. And then I begin to dwell on how good God is, how powerful God is, and how much that he loves me. All of a sudden, when I begin to just give the, this transfer, Lord, I can't handle this. But, Lord, I know that you can. And I know, Lord, that you love me. There's a transfer. The stress is replaced by peace. When we learn how to pray through, pray through, and so I, uh, and that's why sometimes prayer it doesn't last a minute. We're not we're not putting the timer on, but we're just getting into His presence, and we're believing that God's going to go ahead and see us through. First Timothy chapter two, one more verse, and we're we're building a theology of why to pray first. The first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way that you know how. The first thing I want you to do is to pray. Pray every which way that you know how. And you say, well, Pastor Mike, I really don't know very much about prayer. Well, I want to tell you what you do know. It will help you if you can pray with faith. God will answer your prayers. But let me tell you, first of all, what prayer is not. And this is really important here this morning. Number one, prayer is not trying to make God do something that he doesn't want to do. You can't make God do what he isn't planning on doing, okay? That's the bad news, okay? Uh, there's a doctrine in the Bible. In fact, uh, there's a title uh, that's given to God that God is the sovereign Lord. When, when, you, when you address God as sovereign Lord, what you are saying to him, that God, you are the ruler, you are the king. You are the one who is in charge, and you are the one in control. So we're we're not the ones that are giving orders, and we can't beg our way into God's, you know, and 
God, please do this. And he has absolutely no plans to do that. But here's what prayer does. Prayer brings to you what God intends to do. Prayer allows him to do what he wants to do. But a lot of times he doesn't do it because of the absence of prayer or the absence of what I called persevering prayer. Okay, I prayed about it once and God didn't answer. Then that, that, that must mean that he's not going to answer. No, there, there, there's a time that God calls us to persevere in prayer. I want you to write this thought down here on the screen. Everything God plans to do has already been done. Everything that God plans to do has already been done. I'm going to unpack this here in just a, a moment. That means uh, if, if it's based on, on, on God's word, it is a done deal. Here's, here's something that we know about. God said he will meet our needs uh, for shelter, for clothes, for, for food. It is an absolute done deal. So because of that, I mean, it's there. The provision is there that God has for us, okay? It is a done deal. And we can rest that God's going to go ahead and take care of our needs. Or he, he, maybe he has spoken, there, and, and as Pastor Otis was speaking a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit speak? Absolutely. God has spoken very specific words to people here about direction and things to do. And, uh, and if he speaks something, it is absolutely a done deal. Okay, does it happen right away? Not necessarily. There's a timing element. But let me, let me set the framework of why pray first. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Check this out. Remember what happened long ago. Remember that I am God and there is no other God. I am God and there was no one like me. From the beginning, I told you what would happen in the end. A long time ago, I told you things that have not yet happened. And when I plan something, it happens. And what I want to do, I will do. Those are the words of God. He's saying, whatever I determine to do, I will do it. Let's go a couple more chapters up, 20 more chapters up. Isaiah 65, 24. He says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. So what he is saying here, he says, before you and I even prayed, the answer already existed. So this ought to motivate us to pray first. When we're, when we're, when we're challenged, okay, the, the answer is already there. How many people here in this room have access to Netflix? Anybody ever watched anything on Netflix? Okay. For those who, uh, Netflix, uh, on your computer, uh, you can go ahead and, and some of your favorite shows on TVs, uh, the movies, you can, uh, you can access, uh, you know, just there by, you know, the click, point click, and, and you have access to Netflix, and you, you hit the right areas, you have the account right there, you can go ahead at any time of the day, okay, you can go ahead and, and watch this movie or a favorite show of yours, and it's there, right there. And, and here's the interesting, I mean, that movie uh, that you want to watch, other people could watch it right there at the same time as well, okay? But here's, here's the thing, you have to have access to the account to be able to pull it down there to your computer, 
Here it is. When any time that you and I ask of God of our needs and we believe by faith, we pull down those those requests. Okay, they, they, there's there's an asking. And there's a faith element for those things to happen that God has already said, this is waiting there for you. So whatever God is going to do for you has already been done. He do, and here it is. This is, what's, this is where we need discernment. This one is really tough because I know some of you have just really struggled in your faith. God, why aren't you answering this? If he doesn't plan to do it, all the prayers in the world won't change his mind. Hmm. So, wow. If I prayed about this for a year, should I just give up praying? And I would say absolutely not. And I would tell you that, and here's the reason why. Uh, if what you're asking for lines up with God's word, especially when it comes to a need or whatever, we keep on asking. Uh, if something is, when it comes to healing, whatever it is, we, we can ask of him because God is willing, okay? So we keep on asking him. And, and Lord, we know that you are big enough, God, that you can do anything. So Lord, I'm choosing. And unless God speaks to us and said, no, I'm not doing this, then we proceed in prayer. We, we, and here's the scripture. I want you to write down Luke chapter 17. This is right there about, about the woman and, and, and the unjust judge. And, and Jesus taught the parable how we should always pray and not give up. But there are just some prayers that God says, no, I'm not answering. That, uh, that, this, is not, this is not my plan. This is not my will for you. For instance, BC, before Christ was in my life, many of you know, I mean, I, mean, I love sports, but I remember after work, I was, I was working as a janitor. Uh, I was going to a Catholic uh, 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 church. And, I, and every day after, after uh, work, I would just go in there for a few moments. I would get on my knee. I would make the sign of the cross. And I would just beg God, God, would you please make me 6'2", 6'3", Lord, God, I want to be a football player, Lord, and I want to go ahead and do this. I, I, trust me, I did this for almost a year, okay? God just did not answer those prayers. So he says, no, that, I got different plans for you. So God, had, we just got to, we, we need discernment. God, is this your will? So the question is, if God has already answered it, it it's there, it, it's waiting to, to just to be pulled down, then why do I have to call or pray if it's already done? Why do we got to go ahead and do that? I believe this. The reason I have to call or pray is the same reason you tell your kids, hey, you want something? You ask me, right? We tell our kids. You want them to know uh, that you're the source and you want them to be grateful for where it's coming from. That we want to remind our kids, hey, this is where it's coming from. And we also want you to be grateful. It's the same with us when it comes to God. God wants us to come to him and recognize that he is the source that provides for our needs. And we are to give thanks to him for that. And the reason why, I want you to write this down. This is one of the things that prayer, I mean, it, it is so important. Uh, prayer protects us from pride. Because, you know, if, if there's a lot of people in, in, in this world who are, you know, seemingly living successful lives. I mean, have it all. 
and, and don't have a covenant relationship with God. Don't talk to God. And, and they pat themselves on the back and said, man, I did this. I built this wealth of, and this empire and, and, and all these things. It all happened because of me. And they don't recognize from Deuteronomy where it says that God has given us the ability to make and to create wealth. He is the one that gives us strength. He is the one that gives us the brains. So here it is. God says, I, I, I want you to be in a place when it comes to prayer. I want you to ask of me. Not only ask me, but to give me thanks for every time that I come through for you. God had given a word to a man who was very powerful. His name was Elijah. He was a prophet. Uh, the land was barren. It was a major drought that had been going on for years. I mean, it, the, the people of Israel, it was a bad time. And, and God had spoken a word to Elijah. He says, rain is coming. It is on the way. But it didn't happen. The, the only time it happened is when, when he got on his knees and he began to pray. In fact, when you read the story, it said he prayed seven times. And then the, the clouds came forth and there was a burst of rain, which gives evidence that we keep on praying. We do not give up. So here it is, my brothers and sisters. If I know that the answer is already there, I'm not going to go to you first and say, man, what do I do in this situation? I don't know what to do. No, we first, we, we go to God. God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what am I supposed to do? So God has predetermined what prayers he will answer. So God says before you go, listen to this, before you go to family, before you go to friends, come to me first. Well, that's a novel thought for many of us. I mean, we feel stress, we feel pressure, we don't know what to do. You know, and by the way, I'm not against uh, getting counsel and 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 seeking others' advice. People that are older, people that are experienced, they went through something that you haven't went through. That that is good. That is that's wise. But but the word is pray first. Seek the one who has all the elements of wisdom. So he says here, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, the first thing I want you to do is to pray, and pray every way you know how. Then he goes down to verse 2, and he says, pray for kings and for all in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil, a peaceful, and a quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So I want to kind of just kind of give some thoughts right here. And some thoughts are going to kind of jump off from prayer in a few moments. And I'm going to kind of come back to prayer here again. But I want you to know here, this is something that, that is for the church. He says, the first thing that we're to be doing is to pray first. And the first people on the prayer list that, that are at the top of, of the prayer list are for those who are in authority for those uh, that are kings. Uh, we would call these congressmen. We would call them governors. We would call them uh, senators. We would call them our president. And God says, I'm calling the church. I'm calling my sons and daughters. I want you to pray for those who are in authority and for those who are kings. Uh, and authority could represent, by the way, could represent your boss, could represent your parents, okay, to those who, who are who are over you. To, he says, we're to be praying for those. I wonder what would happen if the church really had revelation of this and really took it seriously to be praying for those who are in authority, especially when it came to the government. I wonder what would happen if, if the church, I wonder if, if our country would be where it is 
if, if, if the Christians stepped up and were really interceding and praying for those who are in authority. I wonder if things would be different. So it says, pray for the folks in charge, okay? What do we pray for? Write down three words. Because this is, this is something that is given to you and I. We pray for, for the kings. We pray, for, first of all, we pray for their souls. Uh, there's a lot of people that are in the government right now. I don't agree with what they're doing. I, I mean, I don't agree with their policies. But I want to tell you something. Christ died for their sins, Okay, and if they don't know Christ, uh, they need Jesus like everybody else. And we pray for their souls, number one. Number two, I'm praying, God, would you give them wisdom? Uh, and, I, and I pray that, and, I, and when I pray for their souls, I, I, that they come to this place to where they recognize, I need God. I, I need, I, the, the, the situations, what's going on in this country, in, in this neck of my woods, it's way beyond me to be able to solve. I'm going to go to the one that knows it all, God himself. So I'm, I'm praying that, that our president, every single one, God, I surrender to you. Lord, I can't do this in my own power. I pray that they, it would, and that they would be filled with his wisdom. I pray for their protection. And I also pray, I don't care whether they're Democrat, whether they're Republican, God, would you bless them? Lord, would they recognize, God, where their blessings come from? And here's, and here's the reason why we should be praying for those who are in authority, for kings and, and for those who are in authority over us. People who are in authority can mess things up. Okay, people that are in authority can mess things up, okay? And I'm not just talking about the government, okay? I'm talking about at home, okay? People who are are in charge, God has given a a mandate to the husbands and to the fathers to lead their homes, to be examples. And and if men uh, are are not leading uh, with with a life of love and sacrifice and, and devotion to God, their decisions can affect the whole family, okay? And so uh, God says, we're to be praying for those who are in authority because they can affect your peace and calm. Notice God's desire is that he wants, he wants, he wants your soul to be quiet. That means calm uh, on the inside, okay? And here's what God is saying. He says, talk to me first about folk who are causing you trouble. Your husband's causing you trouble? Talk to me first. Before getting on, on the phone to someone else, talking to your mom about your, your husband or whatever, he says, talk to me. Don't talk to them. Talk to me first. Why? Because God says, because I know how to cause them trouble that are making trouble for you. They may, they may be your authority, but they're not my authority. You're talking about your boss? Your boss is a jerk. Your boss is a tyrant. And you're around the other employees, okay? I want to tell you something. And you keep on talking behind their back. You're gossiping. You're slandering. I want to say something. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure. God may take you out. But if they're, but if they're causing uh, harm to you, whatever, and, and you begin to pray for them, God, Lord, they're... Lord, I have a hard time like my boss, Lord, but Lord, I, I pray for them, Lord. And, and God, I pray that they would come to know you, Lord. And God, your peace would be in them. I pray, God, that you would bless them. God can use that situation to move in their lives. God doesn't want our lives to be in chaos. God wants us to talk to him first and to go ahead and seek wise counsel second. So he's not against it. 
Here's what happens. The people that you're talking with, you haven't been talking to God about, they can sympathize with you, but they can't change the situation. Only God can do that. He can change the situation, and he can change the circumstances. And by the way, if he doesn't change the circumstances, he can change what's going on inside of you. You've been filled with anxiety, stress, anger, whatever. God can change that. How? When we learn how to pray through, we give it to God, and God can help us. So why, doesn't, why does he want you and I to be full okay, of peace? That's not, not the peace, you know, because you've been, you've, been, you've been smoking a joint, okay, and you're just kind of talking, and you're just kind of chilling or anything like this. Why does he want you, to, you and I to be full of peace? Here it is. When, when you're not full of peace, all kinds of things are going on inside of you. It's hard to get, to, to get focused on him and to understand him and to feel him and experience his love. God wants to get you calmed down on the inside so you can receive more from him. Look what he says here in verse 3. He says, this is good and pleases God our Savior. This is pleasing to God when his sons and daughters put him first and recognize that he's the final authority, that he is in control. He says, when you make me first in your life and you come to me first, this is pleasing and it's really good. And he goes down here in verse 4. He says, this is good and pleasing to our God and Savior who desires all men to be saved, and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Do you believe that God wants to see all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of truth? Saved, what does it mean? To be saved from damnation, from hell, by the way. Uh, in some churches, that's not politically correct. But Jesus said, I, I came to purchase your soul. And, and there's a place called heaven, and there's a place called hell. And God says, I'm not willing that anyone, anyone on the planet to, to go to a place called hell. He says, I'm, I'm desiring that they would all come to a knowledge of the truth. Okay? Let me see that. Okay? God wants all people to save. Okay? But here it is. You and I play a part for where people can come to the knowledge of the truth. When it, when it talks to the knowledge of the truth, it's talking about the right way towards salvation. It's talking about Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And so here's what he wants to do. He wants to use his sons and daughters to point people towards the truth. Your life and my life your lifestyle and my lifestyle will be a witness to those who don't know the truth. Does your, does, how you live your life, does it point towards the truth, towards Jesus? Does it point people, how, how you talk, how you interact, how, how, how you relate with other people, how you do life? You know you're not a godly person and putting Christ first if there is no witness coming out of your life. If you're the only one on the job, in school, in the neighborhood who knows you are a Christian, you're not a good one. In fact, it's a poor one. It's a poor testimony. I ask this question to those who are here today. Say, well, I, I just, uh, is, is Jesus not worth bringing up when it comes to a conversation? In light of all the conversations and everything that's going on in the world, is he not worth bringing up? Or don't you bring them up? Because maybe you might not be living right. 
And if you're not living right, okay, I understand that. Because if you're not living right, you're living, you know, yeah, I go into church and I'm doing all this. And and then the rest of the week, you curse like a sailor and you're getting blitzed, whatever. That's a poor witness, okay? Uh, I would encourage you, repent. Let God begin to do some work in your heart. So I ask this question. Why isn't God brought up? I know, here it is. And I know some of you really struggle. And you say, Pastor Mike, I would really like to witness. I would really like to share my life and Jesus, what he's done in my life. You know why he hasn't been brought up in your life? Because I'm going to say something that might be a little bit uncomfortable. He's not first in your life. If he was first, if he was first, the Bible said, any man who would come after me, okay, must take up his cross. For, and, and, and it must take up his cross. That means, that means we haven't died. That means our reputation and, and, and what, how we perceive people and how we think people uh, uh, perceive us, that's more important than them knowing about Christ and them knowing the truth. 1,517 people died on the Titanic. It's a lot of people. Unsinkable ship. 1,517 people died. You saw the movie. Should not have happened. Only, as you saw, uh, only half of the lifeboats were filled with people. There were so many people that were screaming there in the water. Help us! Screaming out. At, at, and, and they were just kind of drifting away. At, at, and they were, they were afraid. They, they felt if they went back... That, that their boat, I mean, they would just go ahead and sink the boats. Thought it was too risky. I say this to us. So many Christians in the Jesus boat, we're on our way towards safety. We're on our way towards heaven. But we won't go back because of fear of what people might think of us, or what people might do. We forget that God has room for the drowning as well. Proverbs 24, 11. Rescue the perishing. Don't hesitate and step in and help. When we make God first in our life, God says, yes, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to direct you. But there's a reason behind that. I, I want your life so blessed that when people come around you, when, when people that are that have issues in their life or people are just lost. They don't know God, but they know, but they're, they're around you. They, they see how you talk. They, they, how you relate with people. They see that God's presence is all of a sudden it makes them curious. What's, what is it about this person? And then when you do bring up Jesus, when you do bring up Christ, when you do bring up the Bible, I mean, many times there's just open doors Hey, can I share with you something that really changed my life? Absolutely. What was it? It was Christ. It was Jesus. How did that happen? It was because it was a life filled with prayer where we make Jesus the first part of our day. I encourage everyone here in this room. Here's our model, and I want to end on this. Mark chapter 1. And when it comes to the theology of prayer, Jesus started his day off. While it was still dark, he went away to a solitary place and he prayed. Now, 
this is Jesus, uh, and uh, it's dark out, and uh, he's got a busy day ahead of him. A lot of demands. But he says, you know what? I've got to connect with God first. I've got to pray with him. And now, I don't, please listen to what I'm about to say. I don't want to be legalistic about this. I know some of you, you wake up in the morning, and, and it's just like, man, you have no idea. It takes me about four or five hours to wake up. I understand that. But can I just tell you, don't give him the last part of your day. And, and you're praying, okay, and, you know, I put my head, I'm there, in my, and I got my head on the pillow, and I start to talk to God. And you're just, you're out of gas. I mean, you're, and, you, and you fall asleep. And I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to falling asleep praying. In fact, in fact, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you're thinking about God. You're just meditating. Lord, you've been so good to me today, today God. I just want to thank you. I think it's a great way to cap the day off. God, thank you so much, Lord. And, and if there's something that's weighing on you, God, I'm just going to give this to you. Or I'm going to sleep. You're big enough to take care of this. But I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters. Pray first. We, we're so programmed. I mean, the, our kids are sick. Get on, the, get, on, get on the phone. Let's call the doctor. Not opposed to doctors. Not opposed to medicine. How about if we just maybe just prayed first? Give God a chance to let's see. Maybe he would move in this situation. How about if I, maybe if I just laid my hand at my kid's head and say, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for them to be healed. A lot of times we don't do it because we won't believe that God will do that. I'd rather try it than not try it. You see, when we do, you know what prayer is, folks? It's faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So let's pray first. Amen? Let's pray.